Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you're having a great Monday. If it's not Monday when you're listening, I hope you're having a good morning, a good afternoon. As always, wherever this finds you, I'm so grateful. So, so, so grateful that you are with me and here and that we get to dig into what Jesus has for us in this life together. Isn't that so awesome? I think we take it for granted. Um, But really the fact that you guys tune in every week, y'all, you know, I got to make a confession. I am continually surprised by the growth of this podcast and what God is doing um, through it. And so I just wanted to say thank you because I realize that your time is precious. I know there's a lot of podcasts. And so thank you for tuning in. Thanks for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Um, And thank you for telling me what it means to you because, wow, it just... It's just so cool. God is really um, gracious, right, and how he uses us because he certainly does not need me. But I am excited. Okay, so this week, last week we talked about the word seek and how if we truly want to understand the heart of God um, and to be able to trust his ways, right, we must seek him with all our hearts, not half-heartedly, not lukewarm, all our hearts. And it really challenged me, um, to be more diligent, to seek him in new ways. I don't know. I think feel like my eyes were just wider. Um, and I was more aware of the fact when I expected him to talk, but I didn't give him the margin to speak, if that makes sense. So it's like he was speaking, but I was not in a state to receive it or listen. Um, so I hope that it encouraged you guys. And I think this week is going to be awesome. I'm excited about this word. Um we are going to be talking about the word arrive, okay? What do we mean by arrive? There are a lot of different ways that we could approach this word, um, but this is one that's really, I don't know, personal to me, and I think it's going to meet you where you're at. So before we get started, before we dig in, let's refocus. As always, if you can, close your eyes. If not, just pay attention, okay? Refocus. F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, Open your heart to receive. C. Calm your mind. U. Unplug from distractions. S. Saturate your soul in Him. (sighs) If you're walking, take a deep breath. If you're in the car, take a deep breath. If you're on your way to a meeting, take a deep breath. If you just picked up your kids from school, take a deep breath. If you're working out, definitely take a deep breath. Oh, but really, I hope that this meets you exactly where you are and helps you find deeper breath because that is what Jesus wants for us. No more running at breakneck speed, unaware of what's around us, right? But, okay, so word, this word arrive. What do I mean by arrive? And what does Jesus really say about it? 
And like I said, there's a lot of different ways that we could look at this word and what it means for us personally. So just remember as I talk through it in this episode that you can apply these thoughts and principles to your personal experience with this word right now, right? It's like with scripture. It's the beauty of it, um, the complexity of it, and the simplicity, if I can say that all together, because the beauty of it and the simplicity of it is that it works for wherever we're at, right? It meets us where we are. We don't have to change to apply it. Once we apply it, we will change, but it literally meets us at the door. The complexity of it is there's so many different ways that this can infiltrate, that we can interpret, that we can um, infuse these words into our lives. So please take the time to apply it personally to you. Take the time to, you know, take the meat and leave the bones as far as what I'm saying. Like what really take the time to pause and say, Lord, what do you have to say to me and my life about this word? Um, I just really challenge you to do that and take some time to pray through it, y'all, because he will show up in that way. Anyway, so arrive. Okay, a big thing with this word arrive that I've seen in my own life, and this is kind of the, the perspective that I want to take on it, and I've seen this in a lot of my friends' lives and many others, is that we all have this gap, okay, between our actual selves. Okay, I'm holding my hand on one side and I'm doing a big gap, and then our ideal selves. What do I mean by that? Well, we have our actual selves, who we are currently, and then we have our ideal selves, the person that we wish that we were and often romantically pursue in our striving. Right? We tend to think that we have this mindset that when our actual self meets our ideal self, You know, when we become a supermodel or an all-star athlete, we can cure cancer. We have plenty to spare in our bank account. We have all the relationships that we need. And we achieve all the accolades that we dream of. And transition just stops, right? Like we just have this like resting place, like a lake. Our life is just set up. We are comfortable. Then, then at that point, we will begin to live the abundant life that God's calling us to. Then we will be brave. Then we will be confident. Then we will feel secure. Then we will be adventurous. And guys, for the longest time, this tripped me up. And it still does, honestly, when it comes to walking out what I know God has asked of me. And I realize now looking back and in the midst of it, like as in in the midst of it, I don't mean like uh, two weeks ago and a better. I mean like every single day. And even when I listen to this again, This constantly comes up how often we kind of use it as a cop-out. You know, like, I convince myself that I'm striving towards this place, and it's good, and it's what God wants for me to get to the top of this mountain, and then I'm going to do the things that He wants me to do, because then I'll feel confident, right? Then I'll be ready. But what I've seen so often is that the enemy wants us to spend time striving towards an image of perfection, knowing it will strip us dry of purpose and promise, right? The enemy wants us to strive, and Jesus says, hey, surrender. The enemy points at perfection, and Jesus says, hey, purpose. The enemy exhausts us, but Jesus always refuels us. His way is always the way of life. The way of Jesus will always lead to fulfillment. 
body, mind, heart, soul, the whole gamut, everything. So before we kind of get, well, as we get started, I want y'all to take a second and really ask yourself, when you think of this ideal self, who comes to mind? Like, what is the picture that you get in your head? What is he or she like? What is the difference between that person and the person that you are right now? Are they graduated from school? Do they have a family started? Do they have way more in their bank account? Have they finally pleased their parents? Are they past that, you know, hurt that they have been in the midst of and they're finally healed? Like, what is on the other side? Or what does your ideal self do? What is so different? Because what I'm seeing in my own life is that this ideal self, while I think it's a a achievable and um, admirable goal, it really trips me up. Because I'm learning that God cares way more. And he's way more into my actual self. That's the person that he wants to heal. That's the person that he wants to take to church. That's the person he wants to, to talk to. God wants our actual selves, not our ideal selves. He can't heal, help, or handle what we refuse to give him. You see, when we obsess about where we are going or this place of arrival, we don't give God room to use us exactly where we are. And the most effective place that we could place our focus is in the present. We can have vision for the future. Y'all, I'm not saying like that is healthy. That's good. That's biblical. That is important. We can have goals for where we'd like to go. Those are crucial. We need motivation. Good Lord, we're not great with discipline, right? We need those markers. And dreams are of Jesus. He is the one who gave us these dreams about what lies ahead and what we'd like to achieve and who we'd like to become and the legacy that we'd like to leave and all of those are healthy and good. But what I mean is the day-to-day, the person that we operate in relationships, the person in our mind that's attacking these goals on a daily basis, the person that we bring to the forefront in conversations and present before Jesus and other people is we have this gap between our actual selves and our ideal selves. And I just really want to challenge us. Why is that? And what is keeping us from bringing our actual selves? Because I think that it's actually us that's in the way of becoming the people we want to be by putting this almost this goal of perfection in the way, right? And when, when the place we are working to arrive at is pressured by people or culture or reputation, y'all, it will never satisfy The only purpose that fulfills our longing hearts is going in the way of the Father. Like, I really want you to think about the person, that that ideal self that you have in mind or that comes to the forefront. What, what, What prompts that? Is it a certain way that you would look? Would you be skinnier, prettier? What would that look like? Would you have more money? Because that's, culture esteems that and thinks that that equals fulfillment or success or significance, would you be, would you have more friends or would those, like what, what, what does that look like? And is it triggered or pressured by people, culture, or reputation? Like if it's just you and Jesus, would your ideal self change? 
Because I think a lot of us have built this picture of who we want to be or who we think we want to be, not even realizing that that person would actually not even be who Jesus wants us to be, nor who we actually want, right? It's often fluffed up and created and perpetuated by these images or these standards that are impossible and they're not even satisfying. Psalm 107 9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Y'all, this is going to sound dumb, but have you ever stopped to survey your goals and the way you're driving and asked, like, kind of like what I was saying, like, is this really what I want for my life? Because here's the thing is I think that we have these, it's like when you get in a car, and I think I've even talked about this before, but we can all relate. We're just on autopilot. Like we, we get in our car and we go to the next destination and we don't even know how we got there. And I wonder if sometimes that's how we are with our goals and our lives and these ideal selves that we that we put on these pedestals. If it's, if it's just curated and cultivated by the pressure that surrounds us or where we think we're supposed to go. This is where I think, I think I'm supposed to grow up and go to church and be a good person and then go to college and then get married and then have children and then do this, right? And I'm saying like from a very basic standpoint, but we have these, this picture in our lives and I think sometimes it really, really, really would behoove us to step back and go, is this what God wants for my life? Like, what direction am I driving in? And what prompted this? Have I checked in with him recently? Hey, God, is this what you want? Because here's the crazy part. We often craft our lives around the picture we think others have for us of who we should be and how we should live. And y'all, those pictures are often crafted out of assumption and misinterpretation. For example, I remember um, having a conversation. I don't know why this just popped up in my head one time with my parents. And it was about a big decision that I was making. And had I could have bet on what they would have suggested, I would have bet seriously $500 that it would have been one decision. Like, definitely thought they would have they were swinging one way and I was worried to tell them what I had decided but the crazy part was is that when I did they were relieved and so excited because that's what they were hoping I would choose and I mean in this particular situation I had decided to be okay with them not agreeing with my decision um and telling me if so had they thought differently But that's often not the case. Like, I tend to be very much a people pleaser. So with knowing that about myself, I have to watch this. I have to watch, like, am I doing something just because I think it's what someone else thinks I should do? Or am I doing this because I think it's going to make someone else happy? Like, actually, a few months ago, and even recently, y'all, it's still something I'm working through this. So just being totally transparent. Um... And I think, you know, sometimes it comes from a good desire to be helpful and that kind of thing. But it really is debilitating to constantly feel like you're trying to keep all these balls in the air for other people. I know last week we talked about the glass balls and the rubber balls and what's priority. And the hard part about people pleasing is all these balls for other people become the air and you're juggling things that are not even meant for you to juggle and you're terrified to drop them. Because what then? 
And so when it comes to this ideal self, I just really want us to ask because our ideal selves ultimately is kind of like if you have a GPS, it's the address that you type in, it's the place that you're going. And I just want us to do like a double back. Like, are we, where are we driving? Is it where we want to go? Is it what God wants for us? And so a good question to ask yourself with this is when I pass the finish line for this particular goal I have set, right? Who will I look for, for the nod of approval? Will it be Jesus or will it be the world around you, Instagram, whomever, right? Like what, who will you look to for that affirmation? Because that often shows, okay, this is the person that I was hoping to please. What do we assume? This is a, like, I really want us to think about this. And I'm going to go through um, an a- acronym, shocking, right? Uh, but honestly, I wasn't even trying to do it. They just come. And I want to go through the acronym of ARRIVE. And each one's going to be something that I think we assume we will have once we arrive at this ideal place with our ideal selves. Okay, so what do we think is going to be on the other side of that? A is access to the good life. Y'all, we've all heard this phrase that the grass is greener where you water it. Or the grass is greener on the other side. I'm sorry, but the truth is the grass is greener where you water it, right? The place that is good is the place that we inhabit. The place that we live. The place that we water with things that are good for our souls. I honestly don't even think we realize that we do this. Like our brains just latch on to the thought process of this, right? When I have blank or when I am blank or when I get blank, whatever it is, then the when, what, what, then we will have the good life. But y'all living this way doesn't allow us to invest to where we are. And it is a lie. Like, I want you to take the time to survey your own life and look at those times where you've said, okay, when this happens, then. And I want to ask you, did it do what you thought it would do? Did it satisfy that longing you thought it would satisfy? Isaiah 58, 11 says, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Oh my God, that's so rich. Access to the good life. A. R. Richer life. And by richer, I don't mean just intangible riches like money and things. Okay, those definitely included. But richer also in relationships or just overall satisfaction. Um, I, I think that when it comes to this, we just feel like if there'll be, uh, it will feel more stable, right? If we have more money uh, or once we arrive at that place, then we'll, we'll have the life where we feel like we can just access joy because it'll be just richer and full of, of things that we need and we want and relationships and all that. But you know, all of that is cultivated along the way. James 2, 5 um, is challenging. And this is in particular talking about the financial aspect of it. But it says, listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom 
which he has promised to those who love him. I think a lot of times we realize, if we're honest, that the more that we attain, the more that we can get distracted by. And the more things that are in our hands, the more we tend to drop what's important. And so I would just challenge you, like, what is your definition of rich? And what are you placing that's contingent upon your joy and walking in that happiness and anticipation and strength that Jesus gives us in the here and the now, like the journey on the way there, not just at the mountaintop, right? So access to the good life, a richer life, The next R is a restful life. We think that when we become those people, when we become our ideal selves, when we get that thing that we've been wanting, when we cross off that goal that we've been going after, when we enter into a relationship that finally is the one that we're landing in, like when we do that, then we can rest. Like that's when we finally can sit down, have a snack and go, okay. Lord, what do you want from me now? Now I'm ready. Now I can operate and rest. We tend to treat life and its seasons as though they're just this sprint rather than a marathon. So we think that if we can just give it our all and exhaust ourselves and reach that point, then we can rest once we arrive where we are going. Y'all, but the problem with this mentality is that our journey to wholeness and perfection lasts until we literally go to be with Jesus. So if we have that kind of mentality, we will never really rest. But Jesus tells us that because of his grace and because of who he is in us, we can rest in that. This restful life is the mark. I, I, I think for me, when I see someone who operates from a posture of rest, it is so moving, honestly. It's like I think about 2020 and all that just absolutely wrecked havoc on our world, right? Still is. There is a lot going on. And I just really think Jesus is going, hey, wait a second. Why are you waiting to unlock a door you already have the key to? You can have the good life now. You can have the richer life now. You can have the restful life now. You don't have to become, I want you. I am continually refining you, right? He tells us that I am purifying you. I am cleansing you. He's renewing us day by day. Praise God, right? We need transformation. We are always in process. But the rest doesn't come on the other side of that. That's where I think that mentality shift has to happen. Rest is not our reward for working hard or achieving a level of success. Rest is the posture that allows us to work and reminds us we are valuable because because of who we rest in, right? I'm gonna say that again because I kind of tripped up. Rest is not our reward for working hard or achieving a level of success. Rest is the posture that allows us to work and reminds us we are valuable because of who we rest in. Psalm 62.1 says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. My soul finds rest in God. Whew, that's 
such good news. <laughs> we don't have to earn our rest, y'all. We don't have to strive. Next one is I, impactful life. I don't know about y'all, but I think we all, I mean, we were built to leave a legacy. We all want to make a difference. We all want to do things that mean something, right? We all want to have an impact. And as we've seen, and that just so much tragedy that surrounds and a lot of brokenness of the world that we live in, and, you know, life is not promised. And we have today. And so if we wait or have that mentality that when we get to the mountaintop or when we do all this stuff, then we can have the impact that we desire. Then we can take part with God in these courageous and important things he asks us to do. We tend to believe the lie that, you know, it's not until we reach the mountaintop that we can be impactful towards others. Like for some reason, and I don't know why we think this, but we think that everyone desires to have a, a mentor or a role model or someone that has it all together and can say, hey, I'm way ahead of you. But this is how I got here. However, y'all, I don't know about you guys, but I am not trying to have someone who's perfect because I cannot live up to that. And it will only make me feel small and inadequate. And none of us can be those people because none of us are Jesus. So let's just shatter this mentality right now. Like what most of us find helpful and people and friends and mentors and colleagues are people who are willing to, or, who, or those who make an impact on our lives is people who are willing to be honest about their weaknesses and vulnerable about their journey. I love the quote by John Maxwell that says, people don't know or don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. In other words, our impact is always founded upon our relationship with another person. And relationships are only built through intimacy. If we want to have an impact, it's not about knowing everything or being impressive. Like, let's destroy that. Like, we can, someone can be impressed by us, but impact is different. Impact has roots. Impact has relationship. Impact has significance. That not just says, wow, I'm going to double tap. Like, that's impressive. That's cool. No, no, no. Impact says, I'm going to change something about what I do because I saw what it did for her. Or I'm going to operate differently in this place that I am because I saw the life that he speaks into his family or what he does. Right? He had his life impacted me. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do y'all good news for us jesus always 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 made us created us wired us to make an impact so we don't have to reach out of the will of god in order to make an impact and that it's the only avenue and the only road that will actually lead to having a lasting impact okay so we have access to the good life a richer life a more restful life an impactful life, V is victorious life. You know what's so awesome? Like for real, I need us to get this because it is good news. When we follow Jesus, every step that we take towards him is considered a victorious life. And even better than that, when we go astray or get off course, he helps us navigate the storms and find a detour using 
everything for our good. Y'all, I think it's important when we talk about this victorious life, like, to consider what do we define victorious? Because all these different terms, right, everything is relative based on our definition of it. So what is victorious for you? Is it succeeding at what God's called you to? Is it um, finally pleasing your family? Is it getting to a certain accolade or um, promotional level? Is it living in a certain neighborhood? Is it, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it is for you, but until victory equals walking in the way that God has designed for us and just living in communion with him, it will always drain us and we'll always feel like we can never really celebrate that victory, right? John 15, 5 says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Y'all, living victoriously looks like remaining in Jesus and abiding in him day in and day out. So how do we live victoriously? Like we come to the end of ourselves and we realize that apart from him, just like John said, we can do nothing. Literally, nothing of value happens outside the arms of the Father. It is then that we stop trying and we stop striving and we start surrendering and breaking. And He's able to build in us and through us the purpose by which He created us for. The victorious life is not a lot of times that showy, glamorous, victorious life that we're thinking. It is going to war, fighting the battle, showing up on the front lines, knowing who holds our victory, standing in that faith, speaking life, showing up, getting our sword out and saying, Lord, you got this. You got this, right? The victory is mine because the battle is yours. And then the last one is E, esteemed life. Okay, so the word esteemed derives from, and I looked this up because I was interested, from the same Latin word that gives us estimate, okay? And back in the day, esteem, like estimate, meant to assess or judge the value of something. So, when you say you hold someone in high esteems, in high esteem, it means you give them a high value. And as a culture that highly recognizes status, constantly tempts us with fame, and offers a self-confidence program built on the likes that we get from other people, it's easy to see why we would be really tempted to have esteem. But the problem is not that we desire respect or affirmation. That's not the issue, y'all. The issue is always the source that we go to to find it. If we allow someone else to give us our value, we also are in constant jeopardy of ta them taking it away. And I think when it comes to our ideal selves, we think those people, you know, the perfect model, cancer-curing, financially well-to-do, and liked by everyone people <laughs> that I mentioned, that they will feel valued. But here's the best and the hardest yet easiest part about being a child of God. We are heavenly beings, okay? This means that until our hearts receive the nod of approval from our Father, we will not be satisfied. We may get distracted and temporary, temporarily elated, from other people, right, from them praising us or recognizing us or 
um, rewarding us, but it's only in the Father's affirmation of us that we find lasting purpose and significance. Like, did you know that when Jesus came to live on earth as flesh and that he could say, so that he could save us, he did not work his first public miracle until he was 33? Like, before that, he was simply a carpenter. And our ultimate barometer of a man that was highly esteemed is Jesus Christ. So if we're going to look at anyone's life and say that's a model, it's definitely his, right? And in Matthew 3, 17, right after Jesus is baptized with the Holy Spirit, Scripture says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I, with him I am well Please, y'all, God was already proud of his son. Jesus had already received the nod of approval from his father. His esteem came from the hands that formed him, not in what his hands were about to go do. We will never find our worth when we are working, working, striving, exhausting ourselves to attain it. Do we desire to live lives that please the father? Absolutely. But how unfortunate would it be to get so caught up in trying to impress God that we miss out on the security and approval he gave us from the get-go. Can I tell you something? If you get nothing else from this podcast, wherever you're listening and whatever you're about to go put your hands to, can I tell you something? Your father is proud of you. He is proud of you. He knows you from the inside out. You don't have to prove that you're worthy of this life. He gave you the breath in your lungs. He's the reason you have it. So I just want us to really like, man, stop waiting to arrive and chasing perfection. God has good, big, important plans for us right here. Y'all, we have access to the good, rich, restful, impactful, victorious, and esteemed life right where we stand. It is not on some elusive mountaintop that belongs to the girl or the guy that we have in our heads who is so much better than who we are right now. Transformation is always happening. Refinement is always occurring. That's called health and that's called growth. That's called the spiritual walk. But in this place that we are today, here, now, with what we have in our hands, we have access to all of these things. Aren't you so glad? Aren't you so thankful that he's proud of us right here? Oh my gosh, it's such good news. Um, every week in the devotional, there is a focus tip. And I share this every week. It's very practical. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say the focus devotional, um, good news, it is back in stock very soon. We are supposed to get our shipment this next week. Uh, We have been waiting on that as well as the other devotional to get back in stock. So I appreciate y'all's patience. If you've been waiting on that, it will be back in stock. So that is good news. But there is a tip every single week for each word. And it says, every time you start to think about being behind or feeling defeated this week, think of the word arrive and be comforted by the fact that you are exactly where God wants you right now, in the moment, in this place, in this world. So before we close up, um, I'm going to do our Monday prayer as always. And this honestly, I say Monday prayer cause it's just recalibration. We kind of started a tradition. Um, but it's for every day. It's for every week. It's for where you're at. 
wherever, whenever you're listening to this. So it's relevant for you. If you can, close your eyes. If not, just listen up. And we're going to refocus with Jesus. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the gift of another Monday. Your kindness provided the morning glow of the sunrise as breath filled my lungs. How is it that you give so freely and love so deeply? Thank you for the week that lies ahead. You know all that is in store. Will you open my eyes to all that is before me in this present moment? I often find myself yearning for what is ahead or discouraged by what I left behind. But I know that you desire to me be for me to be right here, right now. Examine my heart and extract anything that takes my focus off of you. Tear apart my list of things I must do or be in order to be accepted. You are the maker of all and you tell my soul, strive no more. Help me engage in intentional, innovative, and insightful ways today. Following you, I have access to the good life. Nothing beats it. Following you, I experience a richer life. You bring color to my world. Following you, I understand the fruit of a restful life. Such peace, Father. Following you, I live an impactful life. You make me purposeful. Following you, I witness the power of a victorious life. Hope wins. Following you, I am guaranteed an esteemed life as I point to heaven. Thank you for reminding me to give all that I am to this moment. In the powerful and grace-giving name of Jesus, amen. Oh, I love reading those, y'all, because honestly, it forces me to stop and just pour that truth over my own soul. So I challenge you, that's on the Clearly Stated Instagram, to screenshot it or make it your background or whatever you need to do to declare it over your life. Like this podcast is not meant to say, okay, that was a good snack. Now I'm going to, go about my life and do what I was going to do and my schedule and all that. No, no, no. Like we get to reassess, we get to renew our minds and we get to decide to believe what Jesus says about us and let him determine our day. That's amazing. So I hope this encouraged you. I'm thankful for your actual self, not your ideal self. And I hope you'll bring that person to the table today. Um, If this did encourage you, would you share, would you tag me in your stories or, um, Send it to your friends or subscribe. Also, I really appreciate y'all leaving ratings and reviews. Um, Man, I am so grateful. And just uh, reading those really, I can't tell you how much it means to me. Um, Makes me excited to get on here every week, which I am anyway. And I'm just really grateful for you guys. So I hope you have a great week. Know that your actual self is seen, loved, and going to do big things in this world. You're awesome.